there is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the Twilight Zone. All right, welcome to episode two of the Twilight Highlight Zone. I'm going to be your host of this episode, Jeff Cork speaking. Joined today with uh, Ben Hansen. That's a really dumb name. What, Jeff Cork speaking? No, I'm talking about Twilight Highlight Zone. Oh, this is just what I was born with. All right, so we're covering the next five episodes of Twilight Zone, which is available on Netflix Instant. We want to remind everybody, and I assume everybody that's listening to this has Netflix Instant. Or they can just go off of what we're saying. So anyway, we're going to be discussing five episodes as we are want to do. And this is kind of an interesting block, in I, my opinion. You were pessimistic about this block going in. Then uh, I looked at him and I was like, eh. Actually, I think a lot of these are cool. And we're going to be reviewing yeah. now on the same scale, yeah. based on 1 to 10. All right, so the first one it. is Escape Clause. Oh, brother. I don't want to, like, you've already written down your, your score, right? Yeah. So I'm not influencing you? Not at all. This is awful. Okay, this oh, is okay. one where this is hypochondriac, okay? Just a weird stereotype for something that I don't know that is relevant to our lives anymore uh-huh. he lives in bed the doctor comes over and he this guy is convinced that the doctor is trying to screw him by like prescribing his his wife vitamins because she's she's her body is taking a toll because she's having to put up with this asshole who's like <laughs> constantly like take my robes off put my robes on i yeah. want more blankets no one put the tea kettle on and whatnot you know, just obnoxious and yeah. it's just like it doesn't seem like he has a job mm-hmm. i don't know it just seems like she's just putting up and she's beautiful by the way yeah. too absolutely beautiful he's just this horrible jackass yeah this is another one of those episodes where well i hate my life i wish i could live forever and this guy appears in frame very much like one for the angels exactly only um, a little more corpulent correct (laughs) so this fat guy he he says oh basically that's the kind of character he is oh Oh, you'd like to live forever and perhaps we could strike up a deal he's like oh what kind of deal you know would you like to live forever who's to say you know you could live 50 years 100 years thousands of years the guy's like i'm interested so anyway, the, there's this contract they drop. It turns out that this guy is the devil. It's it, pretty much just a modern take on Faust, if you've ever read that. It's essentially that. Yeah. Exactly. So he makes a deal with the devil. So the catch is that he's immortal and he yep. can't be hurt. And there's a pretty cool scene of him testing his immortality oh, sequence by like, shoving his hand onto the radiator. Yeah. And then he like throws himself in front of a train and like the policemen are like, ah! And then he like stands up and his suit is just totally dirty. And then he's like, immediately, I'm bored. Like, this guy's the worst. He's he, I'm bored. He's trying to kill himself like four times or just like he's collecting insurance money but going through all yeah. these things. And yeah, he starts whining immediately. Like there's no great experimentation of, you no. know, I'm going to try this. This might be fun. This, this no. will make for good TV. It's just, you know, him in front of a train once and then yeah, complaining to his wife, admitting. Apparently it took him a long time to admit to his wife that he's a god now. Yeah, I'm bored. And there's like some... He goes up to the roof because he's going to throw himself off the roof to see what will happen. And then she gets up there and there's a struggle. Or he kind of pushes her off, basically. He doesn't push through her. the skyline or the skylight, right? Yeah, there's some weird thing where I think she's just arguing, like, please don't do it, my God, because she doesn't really believe that he's immortal and whatnot, even though he survived so much. His suit is in tatters. Yeah, he's and then she falls to her death. He's, like, weird and happy about it. Oh, because this is, like, a great thrill of his. because he's To getting... watch somebody else die. Yeah. Oh, I wish I could do that. Meh. Right, right. But he has the great idea then yeah. to turn himself into the police. Yeah, he, so, he calls him up and he's like, you got me. I just killed my wife. Right, Come right. Come get me. Because he wants to try out the electric chair. Yeah. That's his big his big end game. And, and his attorney, dun, dun, dun. Gets him off the hook. 
Life sentence. Right. So now he is going to live forever in jail, in a prison. But the escape clause is that he can rescind his immortality by saying, you know, kill me. And he does. And he gets a heart attack and then whatever. And that's the end of the episode. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. I can't believe that he wouldn't have thought about the situation of being in prison for the rest of your life. Like, I don't know how prevalent the death sentence was in 1959 or 1958 when this was made. I don't know either. But it's still just ridiculous that he wouldn't even think about that. And that being electrocuted is such a thrill. He's like, he treats it like a roller coaster. Like, hey, give this one a little ride. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like, he has like this rotating group of uh, insurance people coming in. He's uh-huh. like, I'm tired of you. He gets their money and like closes the door on them. And you bring over here. Give me your money and I'm yeah. get out. Just the, oh, he is awful. Yeah. He's like, eh, I've already made $10,000. What else can I do in this world? <laughs> yeah. It's like, wait, what? You're a god. Do yeah. something fun. Yeah. I, you know what, Cork? What? You talked me down a little bit, but I'm going to stick with my original score. Yeah. Uh, I, I gave this one an eight. See, the funny thing is, as I'm talking it through, it sounds better when we're discussing it yeah. than I think it is to watch it. Just because the acting is so grating? It, just the guy is the worst. And not like in a funny, the worst. Because there's a lot of guys that are the worst in the Twilight Zone that are like hilarious. Yeah. And I give it like a two. Oh, wow. Yeah, I... Just a miserable, like the twist I think is pretty cool. Yeah. But getting there is really rough. This it, is one where you just have to abandon any sense of reality yeah. and just treat it like a cartoony episode. Like just his relationship with his wife and it has playful music going throughout the entire thing. I, I appreciated it maybe just because I'm a crazy fan of Groundhog Day. Mm-hmm. And there's like hints of that just with him trying to repeatedly kill himself. Yeah. Like I said, there's clearly not enough of that. Right. I would go for a three-hour movie of people repeatedly trying to kill themselves. I have a dark mind, Jeff Cork. <laughs> uh, but I, I still enjoyed the overall premise. And I thought the twist at the end was kind of like, eh, predictable to some extent. Yeah. But, all right, moving on. We move on. on to The Lonely. All right, The Lonely. Mm-hmm. So this is one that when Jeff was asking about the coolest yep. episodes, a friend of ours, uh, I described The Lonely. Mm-hmm. It's what probably the most striking, the first real sci-fi one. This has like a straight-up rocket ship in it. It does have a rocket ship. A rocket ship that special effects don't look too bit that bad. And it shows it landing off in the distance. They didn't go for too much. But yeah. you know what? For NT59 television show, I will defend that rocket ship. Okay. Yeah. It's a right. rocket ship of love. So it's a guy who is a prisoner, but instead of just sending you to prison or to Australia or anything reasonable, they sent him to an asteroid. Yeah. And then every several months, government agents would come by and give him more supplies. Exactly. Supplies including, like, a car that he built part by part. Right. He's just got this tin shed in what looks like just, like, the salt flats. It looks awful. It does look really bad. But just the idea that that's their best idea... Yeah. ...is sending somebody to an asteroid and then spending so much money just to give them supplies every once in a while. This is clearly a third universe, the first of which is a universe where... um, the death penalty exists. Yeah. Like the little last one. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, uh, the death penalty is not an option. And it's also trivially easy to send people to other astral bodies. <laughs> so this is the third option. So right, anyway. Right. So the catch is that government agent comes. And I really love the sequence where he's just so desperate to hang out. And he's like, hey, let's play some checkers. Come on. Yeah, because the guys of- come. They only come like he sees a, like a, what looks like a falling star. He's like, oh, they're yeah. going to come. And they're only, he hangs up. They usually hang up for a couple days usually. Right? Mm-hmm. But this time is different. Yeah. And... and- they give him a special package, but there's a great bit where he's like, oh, don't, don't open this package till everybody leaves and we're all this psyched because I don't want like the guys I came with to see what I gave you. Oh, and they're jerks. They hate him. They're just like, ah, oh, you suck. 
Well, I, I would be so pissed too if I did go to an asteroid and take the, care of one dude. Yeah, the guy was like, yeah, because of you, I, I, I don't remember the number, but it's just like, I spend nine out of 12 months a year in space. I hardly get to see my family because I'm either coming to or leaving, bringing you crates. If that was the case, Cork, how long before you would try and injure that man or kill that man? Just oh to my stop God. that trip. I would do like a drop kick into his shed and run him over with that car. The fact, why would they build a car? It's like, I guess it's like a ship in a bottle, but it's like, here's yeah. a car. Yeah. With Clearly no, they're doesn't... going for that ship in the bottle kind of bored. Yeah. It's like, what do you do when you're super bored, stuck on an asteroid? I'll build a car. It's number yeah, one. Not, you... So anyway. His special gift is that it's a robotic woman. And so. She's got a robot voice and everything. And he gets. Beautiful. Gorgeous lady. He is immediately angry. Keep in mind, this is a man that's been stranded on an asteroid, desperate for company. They give him a fully functioning lady, Uh and he's just outraged. He's he's at the point where he's playing, like, what seems to be chess with just, like, bolts. Yeah. (laughs) They all look identical. Like, they're not arranged like checkers. Right, It's like their position, like, so this is how bored he is. And he sees this beautiful woman, artificial or not. Yeah. And that's his first reaction, just, get out of my sight. You're a robot, you <laughs> damn dirty robot. Yeah. And then he, does he hit her? Um, He just, I don't know if he like slams his tin shed door or something. He's just like, get out. Yeah, but he sees her crying. Cause she, yeah, he, he upsets her. And he realizes that she has emotions and it's actually a pretty touching scene. Yeah, even though she talks like a robot, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So then it's a montage of them rapidly falling in love. Playing that dumb chess game. <laughs> hey, check out my nut chess. <laughs> So then, also, this is a nerdy tidbit, but there's a scene of them, like, lying back, looking uh-huh. at the stars yeah. in, on this beautiful asteroid, and it has the exact same tilt-up shot that they use in the end credits when it, like, tilts up into the stars. Oh, yeah, but exactly. this time, it, like, it tilts up, and it's like, yeah. oh, here's the constellations. It's a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, so then, the guys come back. When is that falling star? Yeah. Uh, it's a ship. They're not here usually this early. Something's different, and it turns out that he's pardoned, and he gets to go home, but there's only enough room on the ship for him. No, for only so much weight. He's like, oh, that's right. fine. Right. You know, 10, pa- 10 pounds, no problem. Then we'll we'll get on there and... Alicia? Alicia, yeah. That's her name. And, and they will not let it, uh, Alicia get on the ship. And he's he, very bummed out. He's super bummed out. He's, he, we'll even upgrade it. He's angry, right? <laughs> so then the captain, who's this very dapper gentleman. Yeah, he's, classy. I think, he, I think he has an ascot even, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. And then he, he's like, we don't have time for this. We, don't have, we have like 30 minutes or else we're going to miss our shot and because we don't have enough fuel and there's an asteroid belt doing space stuff yeah so we gotta get going yeah which is it's a nice foreshadowing for the actual space program that like they were able to figure like all right this is the best moment to leave yeah it's kind of like they need to wait for a special moment to go around the moon and whatnot exactly so uh, nice foreshadowing there but the guy's just not having it he's like you know no we're gonna go and so what is he what's the response and so they go get the robot lady Mm -hmm. and the commander of the ship shoots her in the face and he does the classic 50s shot where it's like this tiny little pistol and he doesn't have his arm outstretched just like this cocked in the crook of his hand yeah yeah just shoots her in the face and she falls down right and it pans up and it's just the most tragic thing what what happens it's incredibly sad because then it's just the robot lady dying as she repeats the guy's name arthur 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 is it slowly oh and it's horrible it's this robot like faceless robot thing with like sparks and crap that's another moment that's similar to when death killed the girl in the second episode Mm -hmm. where it's just you know, pretty run-of-the-mill show. It's fascinating. But then all of a sudden, just extreme violence, shooting a lady in the face. Mm-hmm. Robot lady, but still, the guy loved her. Yeah. I, I, you could have just left her there and ride around in your car. <laughs> just do something. Just do something. All right, so I give this one a nine. 
Yeah, I give this one a 10. The I first 10. This. this is the first 10. I'm going to, if I'm going to give away ones and twos, I'm going to give away 10s. Wow, bold. Yeah. yeah. So you just this loved special the concept podcast. and how interesting it was? I loved everything about it. I thought it was great. The performances were great. I yeah. liked how like the guys that were there, they hated that guy. Um, I liked that he built a car. That was pretty uh-huh. cool. <laughs> I just, just the sense of isolation and desperation was cool. I think the relationship was nice. Right. They just did a lot of stuff in a half hour. It was, I think it's an exceptional episode. This is another one that ties back to that sense of isolation that's there in the first episode. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Completely alone, having no idea what's going on and just, yeah. Stranded on an asteroid is the worst fate. And I, this could be like a, like an ancient sci-fi thing. I'm not like a big reader of sci-fi, but it's like uh-huh. the idea of like a prison planet, I think is pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. Like, send your garbage off to another place. So this next episode, what's it called, Cork? Oh my goodness. You know this one. This is the one that everybody knows. The is Twilight it? Zone. No. no. No, no, no. Oh, I'm sorry. I think I skipped one. You're right. <laughs> All right, okay. time enough you, at last. You weirdo, I was like, uh, time enough at last, hello. So what do you think are the big three episodes of Twilight Zone that everybody knows? It's this one. Yep. It's the Nightmare at 30,000 Feet, Guy yep. on the Wing. Yep. And, oh boy, let me think. I think it's like Wishing into the Cornfield, the one with the little oh, boy. Oh God, the Jack in the Box. We'll yeah. get to that way later. Yeah, but we yeah, haven't gotten those, that one yet. Absolutely, those are the three. This yeah. is the first classic that we've encountered. Yeah. I, I still enjoyed it. Like, this is one that was definitely in the package that I saw back in high school mm-hmm. that stuck with me. I think uh, that this is one probably that you could use the same script and ch- not change a word and it would still hold up. I think, like, the language is really punchy yeah. and it's, like, tightly paced. Burgess Meredith does a fantastic job. His mm-hmm. performance is really great. He's, like, mousy and nerdy. He's, like, this yeah. is the one where the guy likes to read a lot. And his... Nobody is supportive of this habit and they're like outwardly hostile about the fact that <laughs> especially his read. wife oh my what god a, well, i'm gonna say she's a shrew but <laughs> downright so true. it's like he's working at the bank and he's like flip okay maybe it's not appropriate because he's like reading while yeah. he's on the job this woman is trying he's like oh did you ever read this and she's like what? what i don't read this i don't have time for this kind of crap you know i just want my money and he gives her the wrong amount and he gets called into the the boss's office and then kind of gets dressed down and it comes to the point where like the the guy's like, we've had complaints. And he's like, oh, I was, was it that one woman who I just wanted to read her campaign button? And I was, you know, she thought I was like staring at her. You know, Funny joke. Kind of, it was cute the way it was delivered. Goes home and then he's the white. We're going to go out to dinner with these people. And he's like, oh, I've got five minutes and I can read a book. So he starts like flipping through and she's, she calls him in and she's like, would you like to read a book? Read me a poem. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, okay. I'd love to do that. So he, she he takes the book of poetry. He's like modern poetry. And then I love the, like opens the book and she's just scribbled on every page, like crossed the out. The perfect crosshatch oh. on hundreds and hundreds of pages. That must've taken her weeks. Oh my God. It was just such a cruel move. And she's like, why, why would you do this? It's just so cruel. And, and you're she, completely sympathetic to him. And she takes point. the book and just starts ripping pages out. And she's like, this is foolish. Reading is frivolous and stupid, whatever. Anyway. Is this what marriage is like, Quirk? Less reading. <laughs> but identical and my glasses are slightly thinner this is also this he's really nerdy he's the guy with like the you might think that he hands, owns a, a, a chain of supermarkets in chicago right anyway he goes back to work at the bank and he reads in the vault during lunchtime nuclear explosion comes out everything is leveled right and he's just he's not having a great time he tries to shoot himself right but what happened is there no ammo there's something that stops him. Oh, he, well, what he stops lo- him is he sees the library. He sees the library, right. the remains of the library. Guess what the library has? 
Oh, I think it has dozens of books. So he goes in there. He's like, oh, now. I think he even says, like, time enough at last. Oh, and he has, like, stacks of me. He's like, ah, January, February, I love it. March. Yeah. He's got them all planned. He's all super prissy and excited. Yep. And then, and then he his sits glasses, down. Glasses fall off. They shatters. don't even really show it. No. They're just kind of like, they bloom. Yeah. Glasses broken. And they are broken. Yeah. Like, they're not broken to the point where it's like, oh, you could just, like, hold up a lens. And it's just like, he's just despondent. Like, why? And that's oh. it. It's just, it's just not fair. Yeah. It's just not fair. Credits. The end. Ten. Think, when you talked about in the first uh, episode we did here, you talked about like how Chris Hardwick had that joke, the nice try asshole joke. Yeah. I think the reason that joke works so well is because it connects so well to this episode, and yeah. this is the most famous episode. Yeah. That's that could very well be. And I think it just spreads out from there. But when I watched this again, I was like, what? I mean, yeah, a bomb went off. Mm-hmm. First of all, uh, excusing radiation and everything like that, like doesn't mean the entire world's destroyed like you can still walk a couple miles and reach civilization again but he treats it like well gotta camp out here for the rest of my life or shoot my face or shoot my exactly it's like just yeah. walk away first yeah or the idea that like now he's blind and he can't even go back and probably find that gun so that he can shoot himself i remember know? when i was a kid i watched this I, I thought i was the smartest guy i was like well obviously what he has to do is find a book on optometry and figure out how to grind glass and he could make himself a replacement set done really? yeah you really thought that i really thought that it was a horrible nerd that's why i gave it a 10 because i love this i think I, it's a great I, episode back it, to back tens yeah it definitely holds up I, I gave this one an eight i'm also a huge fan but maybe i'm just sick of it at this point i'm ready yeah. for something new yeah like, yeah it's a great episode but time to move on. it's been years since i've seen it so yeah it was still pretty fresh yeah Super all right you're, you, i'm glad you have this one this one's all you <laughs> oh god <laughs> This is the weirdest one. Also the scariest one. And this is Perchance to Dream. Oh, scariest. I'm excited to hear your summary. Oh, I was terrified by this one. So this is the ninth episode. Mm -hmm. And it's a man goes into a psychiatrist's office. He has a heart condition and he cannot sleep. It's pretty much, what is it, Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Like if he falls asleep, he's going to die because he Mm -hmm. keeps having these horrific nightmares about a lady named Maya. Mm -hmm. And if he falls asleep, he is going to have a heart attack and he's going to die. Right. And so he sits down on the couch and he immediately falls asleep. Right? Or how do we see the dreams? Or is it yeah, flashing he, back? He immediately starts to fall asleep. Okay. Yeah. Right. So then you get to see his dreams, which is a twisted carnival world mm-hmm. where it's this cat lady named Maya who yeah. is working at the carnival. Yeah. Who's a busty lady. Yeah. Attractive. And she keeps following him around and just screaming at him. She does like a dance. Yeah. Come see the tiger cat lady dance. And it's right, just right. this weird kind of raunchy, like Betty Page kind of, I don't know. Just feel wrong watching it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very effed up. The entire yeah. episode is just, this is a bold move for Twilight Zone. Yeah. The ninth episode, just getting this bonkers. Oh, they're on a roller coaster. Yeah. And it like, they keep going to the top, going to the top. And then it like cuts to him just like jumping out of the window. That seems like another thing that's a common theme. Right. In Twilight right. Zone, jumping out of the window. Yes. Yes. We'll get to that a little bit later, too. Yeah, absolutely. So this is the most complex structurally mm-hmm. episode so far. <laughs> yeah. I think it's the scariest, just how twisted that amusement park is. I'm not even a weirdo that's, like, scared of clowns mm-hmm. or anything, but just, like, the super sexual element combined with just how bizarre the overall tone is. Yeah, and she keeps popping up. Like, you see her. She's the receptionist at one, right, one point, right. and you're like, what is going on here? Like, yeah, she comes in at the end, and she's the receptionist. Yeah. But yeah, and he jumps out the window, but right. then it turns out that he was dead the whole time. Yeah, exactly. He, he sat just... down on the couch and died. And this guy yeah. is just like, well, there we go. He's pretty cool about the whole thing. Yeah, that'll happen. That's why we make these couches flat. <laughs> so we can just roll them right off. 
So it was an interesting episode. I'm going to give it a seven. Oof. Again, I, I'm giving it like a two. A two? Yeah, I just didn't like it. Yeah. I just I didn't find it really interesting All right. very much. Uh, the roller coaster was cool. The guy <laughs> jumping out of the window, you know, that's always great. But I think just structurally it was interesting enough yeah. that I, I'm going to bump it up a little bit. Yeah. And for just being such a bold episode. Yeah. But the next one. Oof. This Let's is go. this is uh, highs and lows. This is Judgment Night. Yeah. In the middle of World War II. Mm-hmm. Right? There's uh, this boat is traveling through European seas. Right. And they're in like a shipping lane where U-boats have been attacking recently. Right. So they're doing one of those like, if they're in there, lights out all the time, got the windows blocked and everything like that. And this, I love the setting right off the bat. Oh, yeah. The setting's great. Yeah. And this uh, this guy kind of comes to and he's just like uh, kind of dazed. He doesn't know where he is or whatever. And goes to the kitchen. Someone likes, like, hey, go come to the kitchen, you know, or whatever. And goes to the kitchen, and there are people just kind of gather around, hanging out and talking about, like, well, you know, how are you doing? What are you doing? He's just like, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I think I'm German, which could be a problem <laughs> considering <laughs> but, the situation. Uh, just on a tangent here. Yeah. Uh, so, in that interview I was talking about in the last episode with Mike Wallace and Rod Serling, mm-hmm. he was talking a lot about censorship on television and how yeah. he's creating the Twilight Zone to be this pure, art form where no advertisement corporate censorship can corrupt the message. Mm -hmm. And he cited, at least in the first season, he said this episode marked the one example where he went back on that to some extent. And it was in this kitchen scene. And it was when the ship captain is calling for tea. Mm -hmm. Apparently there was a coffee sponsor that was advertising during the breaks and they requested that they change it to coffee. Uh. And so Rod Serling got around that by changing it to just, yeah, you want to bring up uh, like a plate, I think mm-hmm. is what he asked for. Something yeah. like that. So that's one example, like for such a Puritan when it comes mm-hmm. to censorship, he kind of gave in in this episode, just removing that request for tea. Yeah. I don't know if he cared too much. So right. the guy thinks he's German, but he's not sure. He's not sure. And, he, and like some of the stuff, like it, it kind of comes to him, like someone will say, ah, you know, these these rotten U-boats, what they'll do is they, they'll gang up on ships. And he's like, no, they don't do that. They do it one by one. Doesn't really have a thick accent though. No, just enough where you're like, Mm, what's going on here? And then in his, his closet, he finds uh, a hat. Mm-hmm. And it's got his name on the inside of it. Right. And he is a U-boat captain. And yeah. you find out that what it, what's happening, and it kind of cuts to him on the U-boat firing at this uh, civilian ship. And um, afterwards, someone says, oh, I think we're doomed. I feel like we're doomed to repeat this. You know, And as it turns out, he's just going to be spending eternity in this loop of firing on this uh on civilian himself. shit on himself exactly experiencing that the rest of the crew i think they just do their they're there one time or whatever just to yeah kinda, like <laughs> pretty casual about damnation yeah they're just kind of set pieces they've moved on but yeah yeah so he's basically stuck there in a loop i love it so his hell mm-hmm. is just being on the other end of the worst act he ever committed on somebody else yeah over and over again always confused what, what exactly is going on mm-hmm and the entire time is like, okay, clearly he's a German. Yeah. It's just like some amnesia crap. But then they come at you with this looping hell scenario yeah. at the end, which I did not see coming at all. Yeah. I really like this episode. Yeah. I, I ended up giving it an eight. Yeah, I gave it a seven. What, I think, what, what held you back? What held me back, I think that, and it could just be a matter of, see, I hate to look at it this way, but I think part of the fun, I think for me, is in an episode like this, where a lot of it is dependent on the puzzle. Yeah. Um. If you figure it out too early, it yeah. really does kind of deflate a lot of it. You know what I mean? Like this is one of those episodes I don't think is necessarily as much about the journey as yeah. it is the destination. Like right. you're supposed to be surprised that this guy with this 
thick German accent who doesn't know where he is, is in fact one of the guys on the U-boat when it's set up so early in the episode that you just kind of want to shake everybody and say, dude, he's, he knows everything about U-boat tactics. But they still get you with a twist. I just think at that point, it's not really a twist. It's just kind of like, oh yeah, by the way, here's this thing you already know. I don't know. And for me, not every episode's like that. I don't yeah. look at it. I think this is one that was designed to be kind of like a puzzle. Yeah. And it just solves itself really early. But I think the performances are pretty good. I think the idea of hell being your worst act, as you describe yeah. it, as just being on loop is pretty great. Cool. Well, that runs out the second batch. All right. Of Twilight Zone episodes. We got some good ones on the next at the next batch, too. Just looking yeah. ahead, yeah. All right. I don't want to tease any of it. I haven't looked through my notes to find out what they're going to be yet. But. They're good. All right. Cool. Join us next time where we recap the next five episodes. Bye, Light Zone. Bye, Light Zone. <laughs> oh. <laughs>